Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Hercules Invictus, and tonight we have a great show lined up for you. Uh, we're going to be starting off with the Age of Heroes, in which Mark Sinna, uh, who's on the Tenafly Council and is currently running for mayor, and I will be exploring uh, how you can partner and interact with your local government. After that, we have Astrid with a Sussex report. And we'll be focusing on bringing the Age of Heroes to Sussex and examining the problem with plastics. And then we have the Eye on Northern New Jersey with Bill Waitman, and he'll be interviewing Julia Gillies, who's the head of the Democratic Party, party out there in Morris County. So uh, I'm really looking forward to tonight. Um, here we have Mark Zinna. Greetings and welcome, Mark. Hi, Hercules. Good evening. How are you doing tonight? And thanks for having me on the show again. And thanks for coming on. I'm doing awesome. I'm everything, everything's moving really fast, and I'm incredibly busy, and I love that. So uh, I'm very happy. That's great. Good. Now, um, I've enjoyed our conversations on uh, the differences between the different levels of government and, uh, you know, what the focus is on each uh, level. And uh, um, I am very, very happy to be involved in my small way with uh, local government. Uh, I'm on the uh, Democratic County Committee, and uh, I um, participate as much as I can in different things that are going on in Tenafly. So as things move forward with my podcasts, um, I've been thinking about moving to uh, YouTube. Uh, to give uh, the shows a wider range. And that involves uh, videotaping as well as uh, doing audio recordings. So I remember coming to a mayor and council meeting a while back where somebody was thinking of filming in Tenafly, um, and uh, they addressed the mayor and council. So I will now ask, uh, how would I go about addressing the mayor and council to uh, um, get approval for uh, the different aspects of my show? So, um, a good question. Um, so, 
I'm going to uh, make a little bit of an assumption here that the people you witnessed having a meeting with the mayor and council regarding filming was actually a full-fledged film crew coming in to Tenafly, right? Because they they were doing a couple of segments of a show that's uh, on some reality TV show. Um, And so that's a different thing because there's a permitting process for that. There's going to be parking on the streets. The police have to direct traffic. You know, they're in in a house for a week or two. You have to let the neighbors know. Um, So that's one thing. Uh, And their permit fees. But what you're talking about of doing a uh, basically a, uh, you know, a a blog on YouTube and and a radio station in in your own home or local office, um, that's something you can just go out and do. Uh, you know, you can do that in your in, in the den of your home, and you don't require uh, you don't require permits or any of that sort of thing. Um, you know that um, you, you you can't even make the argument that you're really running um, uh, a business out of your home because no one's coming to visit you and and that sort of thing, and you're not putting up radio towers. You're using social media, which everyone in every household is doing, uh, but you're using it to uh, you know, further your First Amendment rights and talk about topics that are important to you. So I think you're uh, you're free to operate. The only time you might have to ask is if you go to Borough Hall to uh, film your um, elected officials in action. You would probably want to mm-hmm. have a conversation with the borough clerk. Uh, what are the rules around uh, filming public meetings, that sort of thing. Uh, but I would still need to get... Uh... Uh, people to sign uh, forms that it's okay to include their image, I'm assuming. Um, uh, how about if I share what I'm thinking about doing? And this way, uh, uh, there'll sure, be a absolutely. More... Love to hear it. Okay. Um, as you know, uh, I'm uh, a champion in the Tenafly Mayor's Wellness Campaign. And right. uh, I also have invited people who uh, do like healthy and health related things uh, b- before I had the podcast on the website. I used to interview them and post it on the website, you know, as well as pictures of people jogging and uh, um, doing all sorts of healthy uh, type of things in Tenafly. So this would be an extension of what I've been doing since I first uh, came to Tenafly. Uh, and I've, I've done this for a few months here and there, like every year, year and a half, I'll do something, you know, for, for a few months. So it's like a, a long-standing tradition now since I came here. Um, and uh, so I'm thinking of focusing on uh, good things. And uh, there's okay. a lot of focus on things that uh, are um, happening in the world and in our country that are very disturbing. And not that these disturbing things should be ignored or not, not paid attention to, uh, but you can make the case that just like there's a lot of disturbing things going on at any given point in time, uh, there's also so much good uh, happening at any particular point in time that you can't even keep track of all the good things uh, happening. So um, in, in terms of the story I'm telling, in terms of what I like to focus on, I'd like to give a little bit more focus to those things. And even in our That's community great. in Tampa, there are so many great things happening and there are so many good people doing good things, not only for Tenafly, uh, but for the world. You know, these stories come out uh, that I hear uh, from different people who come on the show, uh, local people, 
uh, that it's amazing. So um, I've decided to focus on those, especially those that uh, are concerned with uh, wellness. So um, lately I've been promoting what the JCC does. And there are other uh, agencies that uh, do good, but mostly invisibly. Unless you're, uh, unless you are aware of the services or making use of them, um, they happen all the time, but you're not aware of it. So I'm trying to raise that awareness uh, in my own, you know, way. So the video show, the first one, would be about that. It would. Uh, uh, there are a couple of uh, optimal wellness shows that I have now, just like this is the path of public service. Uh, I have optimal wellness. So the optimal wellness shows will still be um, podcasts. And I've increased those greatly, but they'll also be like a, a, a video show. So I'll be talking to people and we'll be filming it and uh, I'll be editing and putting it out on, uh, on YouTube. And I'll be putting the podcast that deal with optimal wellness uh, on uh, YouTube as well. Uh, so that's pretty much what I have in mind, and it will involve me walking around and sometimes meeting people at like Angelique's or um, Shea Cheese and interviewing them there and then just filming it and then um, uh, putting that out. It will involve my visiting uh, uh, different agencies and facilities, uh, uh, going to parks and places like that where people run and jog and do pace walking and, and so forth. Um, so that's that's kind of like what I had in mind, but it would be a very positive uh, um, so, program. So do, do you want to, would you like to speak? Would you, would you like me to talk a little bit about some positive developments that are happened sure. over the past few days in Tenafly? That'd be awesome. You know, these, yes, are the, that'd be awesome. these are these are the sort of topics. So um, a few years ago, uh, we have Davis Johnson Park in Tenafly, um, as you know, and uh, it's a beautiful little park, and there is there are some gardens in the park and a little bit of an arboretum going on there, you know, a greenhouse sort of thing. And uh, one of our uh, former residents who has, uh, who has since uh, departed this world and passed away, uh, when she passed away, she left uh, uh, a small legacy to the town, an endowment of about $100,000 for the uh-huh. borough council to use uh, for improvements in Davis Johnson Park. And, uh, you know, last, last night at the borough council meeting, we decided to um, use some of that money. Uh, we have donated labor from a professional uh, person who does rose gardens, and we're actually going to go out and buy about uh, eight or $10,000 worth of rose gardens, of roses, of plants. They'll be planted for free to help, uh, to help beautify Davis Johnson Park. So, uh, you know, we're putting that legacy to good use, at least to start with. And so that's, that is awesome. that's, a, that's a very positive piece of news. Um, <clears throat> another, piece of, excuse me, another piece of positive news, in the past few weeks, uh, we've resolved ourselves to, um, on, on borough property where uh, the borough is sponsoring an event. We're going to strongly, um, uh, strongly guide people from using helium balloons because helium balloons, they float away, and although they're fun, but they float away and they wind up coming down in places and they play havoc with wildlife who swallow it and, and that sort of yeah. thing. So, so we're going to encourage people to use, you know, balloons with air in them that are on a stick and everyone will still have a happy time. So that's a little bit for the animals and the environment. Um, we recently just uh, passed a resolution uh, urging uh, the folks at the local water companies 
uh, you know, to basically get the lead out of, you know, get remove lead pipes in our water systems around Bergen County and, and Tenafly. Um, so we're focusing on that for obvious health reasons. And another interesting thing um, actually came up very recently. Over in, um, in Northern Valley, Demarest, uh, there is a, uh, a girls' softball league with girls, I think, third and fourth grade, of which Tenafly has just joined as one of the towns uh, that are members of the league, so we're still on probation. And apparently in, in Northern Valley Demarest uh, School District, there are these triplets, two girls and a boy, perhaps you read about in a local paper. And uh, the two girls joined the girls' softball team. And oh, wow. the, brother, the brother wants to play softball with his two sisters. And so there's real pluses and minuses that are, that are coming out of the league itself, and the league would prefer that this not happen. But um, I'm, I'm, frankly, I'm happy to say that Tenafly last night, by a vote of 6-0, to zero, we, we voiced our opinion and said, let the brother play softball with his two sisters. Um, because the parents are, um, you know, the parents are very upset that one of the kids can't play with the sisters. And I don't, you know, all of the council members, my colleagues, we viewed it as the children are so young. The boy wants to play with his sisters. They're there to have fun. Let the boy play. And uh, so, you know, if you want to look for good news on the local level, there's good news and good stories to find. Um, so I, I commend you on your effort. To, uh, to have a YouTube uh, social media platform and getting the good news out there. The world definitely needs some good news. And those are four items of very good news, each one deserving its own uh, show. Are you up to doing a show oh, on each oh, item? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the helium balloons could expand into a whole recycling discussion. Uh, you know, the, the girls' softball is a major topic. You know, so you're right. Each one can be an entire show. And uh, we had John Worms on a while back, uh, and uh, I believe I was still on the environmental committee when the the balloon issue came up. And then uh, I had uh, John on uh, to talk about it uh, some more. Uh, So I'm very glad that that issue was not dropped and that some resolution had been reached and uh, a decision made because uh, the the facts that he uh, collected and brought with him on the show were pretty disturbing. I mean, who would have thought, you know, balloons, you know, would would have such an environmental uh, impact and wreak such havoc on uh, electric lines and animals living in the sea. And it was was really frightening to hear what, what a balloon could do. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, John Warm is fabulous. And yeah. uh, he, uh, you know, he came to me with this topic about two years or so ago. And, you know, initially I dismissed it as well, the, the helium balloons. What's the problem? But I have to uh-huh. tell you, to his credit, to his credit, he kept uh, feeding all of us on the council with information, facts, and he was very diligent. And uh, John warmed me down. I finally saw the light in his argument, and uh, I agreed with it, and I, I supported that. Yeah, I remember he was frustrated uh, initially when he was trying to, uh, you know, basically get his point across. And uh, um, he said that uh, nobody wants to kill birthdays. Nobody wants to kill holidays, you know. <laughs> and he can understand it, but it's like but he has these facts here. <laughs> and right. he has to get them across. So I'm glad he persisted. That, that is awesome. I'm, pr- I'm very uh, proud of John. I'm proud of our council for, you know, 
uh, for listening to him because uh, uh, he made a really good uh, case. And with Absolutely. the lead, that is a, a pro- that is a problem. There is something in the water. Um, I, I forget who I was talking to uh, recently, but uh, they had said that there was uh, uh, like a phenomenal number of uh, cancer cases in a very small area locally. Uh, and it was very disturbing. And, uh, you know, I began to wonder, you know, what type of uh, what could be contributing to that. And water was, of course, one of the first things that came into my head. Uh, so uh, uh, it's good that actions being taken to for for the water companies to check uh, the water for lead and to remove it. Oh, Not that lead directly linked to cancer, but still at, le- at least other things. Uh. You know, some, sometimes sometimes we wind up, you know, cleaning up messes from the past. Uh, you know, there are yes. a multi- multitude of cases out in uh, Long Island where, you know, during World War II, there were munitions manufacturing plants that made planes and guns and bombs for the war effort. And, um, you know, the federal government, I've seen a lot of the documents, you know, the federal government knew that there were potential problems. And it was interesting reading the documents over the decades. You know, in in the late 1940s, you know, during the war effort, it was all about, you know, defeating the enemy and winning the war. And shortly uh-huh. after the war, the correspondence between the local towns and the federal government and what was the EPA at the time were, we think we might have some environmental problems here. Do we? Do we not? And then the 1950s, it was, okay, we think we've identified specifically the problems. Then in the 1960s, it was, uh-oh, we really do have a problem. Now we've got to figure out how to clean it up. And in the 70s, uh, it was all about how do we get this all cleaned up and how do we pay for it. And by the 80s, it was in Superfund sites. So it's really interesting to see a 40-year span of coming to terms and dealing with things. But, you know, during the, during the mid-40s, or, I mean, early 1940s, the only thing that mattered was winning the war. If it didn't win the war, none of it would have made a difference anyway. Um, so, so you know, so you know, whatever happened in Bergen County, you know, forty and fifty years ago, there are pockets of issues left over from gas stations that that you know it's our generation's turn to clean things up. And that is a great thing. And uh, the uh, local uh, water at the nature center is being cleaned up uh, as well, I believe. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, oh, by the way, there's another, I'm going to digress for a second to talk about a happy okay. thing. The uh, Nature Center dinner was on uh, Sunday night. Sunday, and, yeah. uh, yep, and uh, uh, one of the uh, gentlemen from the Nature Center brought a, uh, a red-tailed hawk that was injured in the wild and can no longer fly and has been adopted by the Nature Center. And it's it's really amazing. He's, the, the hawk is not afraid. It's actually she. She's not afraid of people anymore. So she would perch if they if they let her on anyone's uh, you know shoulder sort of thing. And uh, the nature center was it was great. It was a full house. It was packed, and they raised a lot of money. Um, they want to build awesome. a new aviary at the nature center, which is a great thing. And uh, so it's just some happy news. Oh, that is some great news. And uh, uh, speaking on that, uh, as we spoke of the last time, uh, I, I 
didn't have because of the scheduling conflict i couldn't attend the environmental committee uh meetings which i greatly uh enjoyed and uh, felt very proud to be a part of uh so i started uh, doing my own thing uh i'm calling it champions of arcadia and uh, what I'm doing is I'm drawing attention to and uh, I'm celebrating people uh, locally and not so locally uh, who are doing great things uh, um, about our environment and about animals. We spoke about uh, deer and the bear, and I am writing an article. Uh, I got the deadline, so I'll be submitting an article about uh, that. And uh, the Nature Center is doing some great things now in the schools. You know, they're doing enrichment programs. Uh, where they're teaching kids about nature. Um, and uh, I had a, uh, a talk with Alex, I believe his uh, name was. And, and Alex and I are going to be uh, uh, talking, and uh, I'm going to have them on the show as well. Uh, but uh, so many people, just like they're doing good things in other areas, in health and well-being and so forth, uh, they're doing great things about uh, our environment. So, uh um, lots of people here in Tenafly care a lot about uh, the earth uh, and about uh, nature. And uh, um, we had that show very much with the open land, the resolution with one, when they wanted to rebuild at the nature center. Uh, so there too, I'd love to focus on all the wonderful things happening uh, uh, there. So I'm very excited about uh, the David Johnson park news that you shared too. That's fabulous. Yep. That's uh... It's a wonderful thing, and, uh, you know, we're really making an effort in Tenafly to beautify the town. And, um, you know, beauty is all subjective, it's objective, and uh, we're picking different areas. You know, Davis Johnson Park, we've got to do something. We have a monument uh, by the pond, the Roosevelt Monument, that we're going to take some steps to uh, protect and preserve, um, you know, for future generations. And so there's lots of, you know, we recently put up the uh, monument to Sergeant Oresco, who was a Medal of Honor winner from Tenafly during World War II. Yes. Uh, so that's a brand new uh, park environment. And so we're, you know, we're doing, you know, in addition to trying to pave the roads and fix the potholes and pay the sewer bill, we're also, you know, doing beautification efforts along the way uh, because it's it's a series of, it's a multitude of, small steps you take consistently that in the long run will, you know, make the town uh, more, more physically attractive, more beautiful, more environmentally friendly. Indeed. And uh, it's very heartening to see so many people, uh, both citizens and uh, um, those who govern us uh, paying such attention uh, to these uh, type of uh, things. Um, I don't know the local government issue, but before we get there, uh, I just wanted to briefly ask, um, I'm one of those people that does call the representatives or shows up, you know, uh, uh, if, if something is on my mind and I'm concerned about it, or I believe that something should be supported or not be supported uh, and so forth. And uh, locally, we're very blessed uh, uh, here in Tenafly to have the people uh, that we have um, living here and caring about uh, our borough. But things happen on the, the national stage that are sometimes very uh, disturbing. And uh, in time, uh, decisions that are made on a very high level can affect our life here. So even with all the good intentions uh, of those uh, who live here and all their uh, work, 
in uh, creating this wonderful place that we all uh, live in, um, we do have to be concerned over things happening on the, the national uh, level. Now, as citizens, we can contact our representatives, we can write letters, we can start movements, uh, we can do whatever we feel we need to do um, you know, to address these things. But is there anything that we can do through our local government in terms of uh, um, you know, voicing these concerns? And uh, is there any type of action that can take place on a local level that can address these things? So what happens, it's a very good question, what happens on a, on a relatively consistent basis, once a month, once every two months, someone will come to the, uh, to the mayor and council meeting uh, with, a, with, a, with a particular position and point of view in support of something. So let's talk about uh, the lead in the waters. Okay. You know, water system. So someone came to us from another town, and suggested that we pass this resolution, send it to our state representatives, our state senator, and our two assembly people uh, to put pressure on Suez to clean the water pipes up. So the, the point of it all is when, when people organize and go to their local town council, and then you have to remember people who are elected officials at the local level, more often than not, we have relationships with the state elected officials. We have mm-hmm. their cell phone numbers. We have their emails. We see them all the time at political events on a consistent basis. Uh, you know, I personally know by first name all three of our legislators. We talk to each other on the phone. And so when there's an issue that concerns us on the state level, we contact them through a resolution or we pick up the phone and call them or we email them. And, okay. you know, we don't need appointments to come in contact with them. So when, when residents come to town council meetings in any town and say, we need you to talk to our state representatives on the following topic, uh, you know, whatever it might be, and please help us on this. And uh, we do. We respond to that. Uh, someone, someone recently um, asked me to uh, contact the governor uh, because they have an issue that's very important to them, and it's actually a large statewide issue. And uh, so I arranged a meeting between that person and the governor uh, because I have a relationship there. So, so our whole point as elected officials is to use, to use the relationships we have, I mean use them in a good way, to help focus the energy of people who are looking to get things accomplished. Um, so, yeah, you can call me to fix the pothole in front of your house, but if you also need to reach the state senator because there's a there's a, a legislative issue that's important to you, I'll be happy to help you with that connection. And uh, by coming to the Thank council you. meetings and asking for help that way, you will get a positive response. That is awesome to know. And uh, now I will do exactly that. Right now I'm formulating um, because there are so many things uh, that need focus and attention that we can't possibly do them all alone. Um, you know, focus uh, on everything even. Uh, but there are a few areas that are especially of concern to me. Uh, so as I formulate my thoughts and uh, um, like pretty much consolidate my position and uh, back it up with evidence and things like that, I will start doing that. Thank you very much, uh, Mark, because uh, uh, like I said, I do call my representatives, but uh, um, speaking with somebody that I know that's in my local area, uh, that would be uh, 
much more helpful, much more real than you know making the phone call or sending the email or filling out the petition. No, I 100% agree. I mean, that is, you know, the job. You made a comment before about, uh, you know, the people who govern us, you know, who govern us. Uh, the truth of the matter is, you know, as a my my colleagues and myself on the town council, you know, we're we're leading in terms of you know getting new things accomplished, whether it's building a park, figuring out how to build a new hotel. So there are things we're leading on because we have the details available to us, and you know this is what we signed up for. Um, but that's one thing. You know, the, the second thing we do is you know we manage a budget. We have a particular number we use every year that we collect taxes with, and we have to pay the borough mm-hmm. bills, which are services, in, in, which are for services for the residents. Um, and you know, and and the third thing we do is I, I call constituent services. When a resident has a problem and they call one of us or email one of us, we do our very best to address it. Again, whether it's they have a, they have a challenge in the building department, uh, they've got a dead tree on their lawn and they can't seem to get it cut down, whatever it might be, that, you know, that's less of us governing uh, the borough than we're trying to make things work. That's, that's, yes. that's the goal as, as we move the borough. And that, whether you're an elected official in Tenafly or Cape May, uh, it, that should be the goal of all the elected officials is to make the residents' lives easier. Uh, because at the end of the day, we're residents too. And um, so, so we listen. And that is great to know. And, and again, thank you for suggesting a, a more viable avenue of expressing my concern. I greatly appreciate it. Now, uh, I had another question. Uh, there are certain things uh, that I would like to do uh, also. And, uh, like, for instance, one of them sounds kind of frivolous, but it's something that I would enjoy. Um, I, had, I, I currently um, am the uh, official herald of new business for the Tenfly Chamber of Commerce. So okay. I dress up in my ancient Greek finery. And uh, when new businesses come into Tenafly, I go there and I welcome them to the town. Uh, and uh, uh, then uh, we wait for uh, um, uh, the uh, president of the Chamber of Commerce, the mayor, whatever council people, and anybody else who happens uh, to be there that day. Uh, you've come several times uh, as well. So, yes. Um, yes. Yeah, basically, and then we pose and we pretend to cut the ribbon, uh, and uh, they take a picture and it's sent to the paper and, and so on. And I enjoy doing that. I get a lot of joy out of doing it. And, uh, um, you know, uh, a lot of people seem to get a kick out of it because uh, uh, that's the most common thing that people talk to me about as I wander uh, around through town or even surrounding uh, towns. So I had heard right. of the position right. of town choir a while back. And I was wondering, uh, is that actually a real position? And if it is a real position, how do I apply for that? Because I think I'd make a great town crier. So, no, you, you, <laughs> it's not that you would make a great town crier. You are a great town crier. Well, you well know. thank you. <laughs> uh, so, so there you have that. So, <clears throat> you know, in the in the modern age, in 2019, with all the technology we have. At our, at our beck and call, um, you, you know, it's, it's Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, 
is the town crier of the day, if you will. <laughs> uh, you know, back in the days of the Greeks and the Roman Empire, I mean, and the Romans had a town crier who would literally stand on uh, on a street corner, corner or in the forum or something like that, and they would announce, you know, the news of the day or of the week that, or a particular time period uh, because there were no circulating newspapers, radio stations, and most people weren't even literate, and so they got their news through voice. Um, so it is kind of interesting. Your your role in cutting ribbons uh, with the borough is, is is fabulous. The town itself doesn't have an official town crier, but that doesn't uh-huh. mean that's that meaning we can certainly talk about that. Um, okay. I, you know we you know we can probably talk about that at a town council meeting or. I can bring it up with my colleagues to see if it uh, if it uh, if you can get some traction. Okay, I, I'd appreciate that. Uh, when I was in Pennsylvania, uh, although I wasn't a town crier, uh, a similar function had been uh, determined for me because I used to promote a lot of uh, um, you know uh, local uh, events, uh, especially with literacy. Uh, so uh, in time, I developed a, a complex series of uh, like fun things. Like um, I used to send scrolls over. So I used to write down what I was going to say on parchment uh, and uh, make a scroll out of it and send that in advance. And then I would go read the scroll um, to different uh, groups like the Lions, the Eagles, the Rotary, and uh, you know so forth, and uh, local uh, government. Um, so that became something. It was a fun thing, and nobody else was doing it. So if any uh, new uh, uh, venture that supported literacy was coming out, I would be there to officially announce it to all in uh, sundry uh, in a very dramatic uh, way, again, wearing my ancient Greek finery and, and so forth. So uh, I was thinking it would be fun to do something like that uh, beyond the welcoming the new businesses. So uh, thank you very much for uh, um, looking into it and for uh, following it up. Um, well, now, we, let's say- we have, you know, on that note, uh, you're welcome. On that note, you know, spring is coming, and we have a numerous list of 10 to 15 different events over the next couple of months that are going on in town, whether it's the opening, uh, the baseball season opening, the craft fair this weekend, Earth Day is coming up, the new residence, uh, the party at the firehouse. There's a lot of things happening. Uh, you, you, if I could suggest uh, reaching out to the president of our chamber of commerce, Christine Evron, and perhaps there is something that could be done uh, immediately, and she can put you to work um, with the, in, I, in the town crier uh, role. So that I, I, I will call that right immediate to do. Yeah, I love working with Christine. She's an awesome uh, person. And uh, I, when I talked to her last time about something like this, she made me the grand marshal of the parade. Uh, so every right. year in the freezing right. cold, I've been dressing up <laughs> and uh, leading the parade. So th- that is a great idea, Mark. Thank you. I will uh, contact and ask uh, Christine. You're welcome. You're welcome. Great. Now, great. we only have a little bit more uh, time left. We have around uh, five minutes or so. Um, but uh, I wanted to ask uh, one more uh, question. I know we can't answer it in the five minutes, but just to, to set the stage for our next show, I guess. Um, sure. Is, sure. Let's say, uh, what do you call it? I perceive that like something could be added to our town, but it doesn't exist to our 
our current structure, our current way of uh, accomplishing things. Um, but uh, I feel that it's something that could benefit the town. Um, and again, we don't have enough time to really get into it, but um, how would I go about presenting this uh, idea? Like uh, I would make an appointment with the mayor and council uh, and basically send them uh, something outlining what I want to talk about it and talk about it, or how would I go about uh, doing that? So there's multiple ways of doing it. Uh, one, you can come to a council meeting, a public meeting or a work session, and during okay. the public comment time, you have a few minutes, three, four, five minutes to speak, and you could present your idea. Um, probably uh, a little bit more succinct would be to, or a little bit more effective would be write a letter to the mayor and council, and um, because then it'll be distributed to all of us. The idea would be in writing, and all correspondence that the mayor and council get are discussed in the uh, work sessions and or public meetings. And then on the same night we're going to discuss it, um, you, you could actually ask for a short extended period of time to discuss your idea or your topic. And, um, and it, even if the main council say no to giving you extra time, you could still talk about it during public comment time. So okay. no matter what, you, you'll get to be heard. But we do have people who make suggestions occasionally and then ask to make a presentation in the mayor and council. Um, you know, we're not, uh, you know, we're not lords sitting in a castle who, uh, you know, we, we, if someone wants to talk to us about a new idea, we're happy to hear it. So it's not that high of a bar for you to come speak with us. If you've got an idea that we're open-minded to listening to. Oh, that I have no doubt. Uh, you know, you guys are very open-minded. You guys are very receptive to new ideas. Um, so I, I have no uh, issue with any of that. Uh, so that uh, that is what I'll do. And next time we uh, talk next month, um, I will have done that so we could talk about it on the air. Right. As well that, as that's what you're calculating. Present your idea, mail it to our borough administrator, uh, Lizette. And uh, in, in your in your letter, ask for some time to make a presentation to the borough council on the topic. Mark, thank you. You're awesome. I greatly appreciate you being a guest on the show, and I always learn a great deal from it, as do our listeners, I'm sure. All right, Hercules, All right. thanks for having me on, and have a great evening to you and your listeners. You too. Take care, Mark. Take care. Bye. Bye. Uh, we're going to listen to Dave the Bard's Merlin Am I, and then we'll be back with Astrid and the Sussex Report. Shines like the sun from 
Father God of the earth Holds his mother in his arms as she dies Merlin am I Merlin am I And I know the secrets Of the land and the sky Land and the sky And you'll
was Merlin and I by Dave the Bard and now we begin the second part of our show which is the Sussex Report hosted by Astrid and before I introduce Astrid I want to read something from my webpage Uh, this is called the Age of Heroes in which I proclaim that the age of the victim is finally over and the age of heroes has begun The way of the hero posits that one must utilize one's individual strengths to make one's world a better place. One need not be perfect or operating from ideal circumstances either. Are not the heroes that inspire us often tragically flawed? Are their lives not in a state of flux and full of uncertainty? Does this prevent them from attempting and accomplishing great things? Our Age of Heroes initiatives have harnessed the creative energy and focus the attention of many heroic individuals and radically diverse backgrounds over the years, directing it toward improving the collective quality of human life. The Age of Heroes welcomes secular, intrafaith, and interfaith participation. As with the Argonauts of old, the children of different and sometimes warring gods are invited to partner with exceptional mortals to face great challenges and accomplish things that really need to get done. In the early dawn of this new millennium, from 2000 to 2005 roughly, I partnered with individuals and organizations to stem the tide of the ever-growing digital divide in New York City. Our collaborative efforts led to Free Computer Drop-In Center in downtown Brooklyn and an innovative internextern volunteer program called New Shores. Our adventures were chronicled through the e-radio show Navigating the Digital Divide, a comic strip in Big News, a few cliffhanger tales on Psych Journey, presentations at conferences, and an Age of Heroes special episode in the third season of my Fringe uh, TV show. From 2005 to 2014, the focus was much narrower. I championed literacy, functional, vocational, cultural, informational, digital, multicultural, and environmental in rural northeastern Pennsylvania and northwestern New Jersey. Through my individual efforts, in partnership with my wife, through a mythic 501C, and via coordinated cooperative endeavors with local individuals and organizations. Local media and our website chronicle those adventures. Now that our sojourn has returned us to northeastern New Jersey and the greater New York metropolitan area, I'm inspired to dedicate myself to actualizing the ultimate dream, manifesting Elysium in the here and now. Elysium is the highest heaven that the mortal mind can conceive, and the Elysium project is our means of attaining it. And now, without further ado, I will introduce Astrid. Greetings, Astrid. Greetings, Hercules. A pleasure to be here, as always. The, the same here, and I must let everyone know 
that if I had a sword uh, here with me and we're in the same room, I would be knighting Astrid right now because I proclaim Astrid a champion of Olympus in our age of heroes uh, because she has certainly uh, gone above and beyond in serving her community uh, for just about all of her life. <laughs> so uh, she's brought a note of positivity, uh, a very powerful note of positivity to her podcast. And uh, she's initiated the spirit of the age of heroes without uh, uh, being told about it. So it's in her, which is the best place for it to be. And I need to recognize that you are awesome. You are awesome. Astrid. Well, really you flatter me, but I'm, I'm basically doing what we, what we all do to one level or, or another, and that's just to share information. And in the age of uh, so much negativity, it's so important to find balance within our yes. lives and see that there is so much in terms of positive energy and programs going on and, um, you know, areas, whether it be in the, in the local um, government or the, the, the township journals or the Internet, there are ways to find answers to the dilemmas that exist. Yes, there are. And you are diligent in finding those answers. Well, I try my best. I'm sure I skip a couple here and there. But I am going to start with the fact that April is Donate Life Month. Um, okay. Donate, donate, National Donate Life Month was established by the Donate Life America and its partnering organizations way back in 2003. And uh, they basically feature local, regional, and national activities to help encourage Americans to register as organ and tissue donors and to celebrate those that have saved lives through their, their gifts of donation. Uh, I was surprised to find out that there were 39 individuals awaiting organ transplants in this county alone and wow. statewide 4,000, almost 4,000 residents. What is the name of the agency again? I'll find it and I'll list the link. It is called uh, the, let me see if I can find this here. The, the actual agency is called New Jersey Sharing Network, NJSN. Okay. N-J-S-N. Right. And they basically work to um, make people more aware of how important it is. And uh, they're doing a lot of different things in Sussex County. They have volunteers who are going around hanging green and blue ribbons with information tags all throughout the, the county. Uh, a very easy place to find them would be Main Street in Newton and Sparta and in Branchville. And they'll have different information concerning the um, donating towards people that need this help, whether it be organs or tissues. Uh, they also give hope and support and strength to patients waiting, to recipients, and don't forget the donor families as well. That's another thing. Now, some of the things going on in relation to that, they're going to have volunteers, some that are actual donor family members or recipients. They're going to be available at information tables that will have donation educational materials, information on how to register to be a donor, giveaways, bracelets, pens, other items on April 12th, 15th, 16th, and 17th. They will have trained volunteers conducting the High School Heroes Program all day at the oh, wow. High School. Yeah, that's on April 12th. 
And the New Jersey HERO Act, which was passed in 2008, requires that all publicly educated and first-year nursing students be educated about organ and tissue donation. They will have uh, You've Got the Power program to uh, free of charge to uh, New Jersey high schools. It's designed to educate students about organ and tissue donation. Within the county, a special pizza boxes supporting Save New Jersey Life's campaign will be used by Villa Capri in Sparta and Newton Pizza in Newton during the whole entire month. And special coffee sleeps will be supporting the Save New Jersey Life's campaign by different coffee houses and locations throughout the county. So there's a wow. lot going on, and, and I'm so happy to see that this sharing network operates 24-7, 365 days a year with a team of more than 150 trained staff members. They have uh, a governing and a foundation board consisting of a diverse group of individuals from both the public and the private sectors. And to get more information about NJSN or to become an organ donor, you can visit www.NewJerseySharingNetwork.org. And one thing that I thought was really interesting is you can become a donor through your local division of motor vehicles. I didn't know that. No, neither did I. So that was a little interesting tidbit of info. A very worthy cause, because it's something that most of us don't think about until we we know someone or that someone that's touched by it personally close to us. I'm looking at the site now. Is this just is this for the entire state of New Jersey, or is it just uh, uh, for your county? Well, the things the events that I told you about are happening within Sussex County, but okay. it is occurring throughout New Jersey. And that would be the group that you would be interested in, would be the NJSN group. Yes. And their site is the New Jersey Sharing Network.org group. But it's actually nationally. So there's the little divisions of it, regionally, you know, statewide, regionally, and then uh, locally as well. That is comforting to know because I've I've heard so many stories of – um, you know, people needing organs and not knowing where to turn to. So this is a very important piece of information to know. Most definitely, most definitely. And the other thing that's interesting is that, uh, I mean, we hear about it, we don't think about it, you know, have an emergency uh, set up in your home because you never know when you're going to have something happen where you'll need things in terms of evacuations or whatever. And there is going to be cert preparedness training in April in the township of Andover, sponsored by Andover. And CERT, C-E-R-T, stands for Community Emergency Response Team. Now, I know we have one within um, the town that I reside in, that they have one in terms of um, when they were with, with all the different flooding and and um, snowstorms and power outages, you know, these volunteers are trained and, and they come and assist the whole area. But um, Andover is having two presentations. Presentation number one is called, are you ready for this? Surviving Without Electricity, the Short and Long Term. <laughs> and that is on April 16th and April 24th from 6.30 to 8 p.m. It is free. 
and you can learn how to do uh, how to prepare for the next power outage and how to survive without it if it's um, two weeks or if it's a really long-term one, which, heaven forbid, we don't want to think about that. And there are specific how-to notes. It's open to the public. And for more info, you can call or text Linda at 973-579-7382. And I'll send that info along to you. Thank you. And presentation number two is to uh-huh. learn about the new Andover CERT program. And this is all in Andover, Lake Illith okay. Road. And that is on April 17th and April 23rd, 6.30 to 8, free again. And what they're trying to do is to communicate what the Andover CERT program is about, how it joins to help your community. They're going to have a PowerPoint and video presentation. And I guess what they're basically trying to do is to show people how to be uh, active, how CERT will be active in the community, helping residents during times of disaster. Again, the same contact person, Linda, 973-579-7382. Again, there's no registration needed, no fee. It's open to the public. And this is another thing that we don't think about until something happens. Yes. And I actually have uh, something for you. Uh, I've been working locally with uh, the ResourceNet uh, folk, which uh, here in Bergen County is through Bergen's Promise. And they okay. have a database that has just about everything, anything you need to find in the county, um, whether it's a service, whether it's a resource, whether it's an activity, uh, as long as it's uh, for the well-being of the community, you can go to ResourceNet at, at Bergen's promise and uh, Kathy who's the director told me that all the counties in Jersey except for one I believe it's Ocean County um, have a resource net so I looked it up and I'm posting it now on Facebook Morricks and Sussex County share a resource net okay yeah they would they're they're both very large areas but uh, very connected most definitely and so uh, if you need to check that out, it's morrissussexresourcenet.org. Morris, okay, let me write this down. <laughs> and you can even send it to me. <laughs> yeah, I'll send it to you, but it's morrissussexresourcenet, uh, one big word, uh, dot okay. org. I'll send it to you, but I've, I've shared it with uh, our listeners already. That's wonderful, right, because that is a wide span, and it's everything that's going on within the area. And there are a huge amount of services. I know that um, Newton Memorial Hospital, it's a medical center now, uh, very often will we'll put out a little um, magazine that comes through the mail that is amazing. It talks about all the programs they have available, um, networking systems, and uh, the, the dates of the classes and where they're located, again, these are resources for the community for particular problems, health issues, checkups for certain things. So, yeah, it is amazing what is out there. No two ways about it. Now, let me ask you a question. Um, mm-hmm. And this is something I'm tackling uh, a lot uh, recently. Uh, and uh, I spoke about it with Mark uh, on the earlier segment. But, yes, there are disturbing things happening in the world that you can't ignore or, 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 or not look at. But uh, because our attention is very limited, our life soon becomes what we're focusing on. 
Right. And right. Uh, I know very many people, including myself sometime, and we've talked about it, including yourself sometime, uh, you get, we get caught up in uh, these uh, uh, disheartening or negative events. And before you know it, your entire life becomes uh, um, you know, filled with these events when, in fact, there are an equal number uh, of awesome and uh, helpful things happening at the same time. And uh, just like there are people uh, involved in a lot of chicanery uh, that don't mean us well, there's also a lot of people who are involved in giving of themselves and uh, contributing their expertise uh, uh, to the common good. And uh, you can equally focus on them, and then your your life becomes as so much so many people doing so many good things that it's unbelievable <laughs> how much good is happening at the same time. Right, and and the fact that there are you know we start thinking about like oh all these institutions is so horrific of how these um, institutions are doing such such self-centered things, but yes, there are many institutions who are there for the purpose of helping others. Uh, for instance, that again, Project Self-Sufficiency, on Wednesday the 17th, they are going to have a career fair, and mm-hmm. they are looking to increase people's skills in terms of getting their their resume reviewed and work with them in terms of interview skills to learn about job openings and uh, and options for furthering their education which is really great they, they're talking about learning new skills and gaining confidence towards uh, a new job search and the one they're having will have more than 50 employers and educational institutions wow. promoting opportunities in the area of Morris and Sussex. So there we go again. And some are public sector, uh, some are private sector, some are small groups, some are very large groups. Um, they are looking at this career fair to be open from 10 to 2, and they will also have a little raffle to with a $250 ShopRite gift card to be won as well. So, I mean, they're, they're doing as much as they can and, and, and presenting incentives so that people can get a better job, can get feedback from, from those who have experience with resumes and interview skills to put you in a better situation for a job and give you the confidence to go ahead for that interview and resume. So uh, with that, you can get more information about, and it's a free career fair, and about more of their programs and services by uh, offered by Project Self-Sufficiency. You can call 973-940-3500, or you can visit them on their website, which is projectselfsufficiency.org. So that's a great thing, because that's helping people help themselves. Yes, most certainly so. I believe very strongly in that. And that is an awesome thing to be happening um, in uh, Morris and Sussex County. Most definitely. And then most people up here know about Norwest Cap, which is a child and family resource service. They are presenting the film, The Kids We Lose. And that actually is tomorrow at Sussex County Community College. It is a 90-minute documentary about the human side of being a child or a student with behavioral challenges and the struggles faced by everyone that encompasses that child, whether it be the parent, educators, staff and facilities, clinicians, 
law enforcement prof- uh, professionals in dealing with, with the children, ensuring that these children receive the help that they need. And it often exposes in human ways that the kids, in humane ways, kids have to deal with um, social, emotional, and behavioral challenges, whether it be in schools, in, in um, inpatient units, residential facilities, even in prisons. You know, it's a very frustrating situation. But um, this documentary is supposed to heighten awareness of the problem and galvanize people to change things for the better in the community. So I thought that was really interesting in the sense that they're, 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 they realize that families and, and early educators are struggling with helping the children, that they need uh, to have these challenges met. So this would be an interesting documentary if, if anyone's interested is in a situation where they're they're having um, problems dealing or want to help their, their children and, and to bring light to the plight of these children. Uh, it's a free documentary, and there will be resource tables from area stakeholders uh, and includes a panel discussion on how we can advocate for our children and family. So that's, that's wonderful. It really is. And that people can find out about that. You can register by calling Northwest Cap at 973-383-3461, or you can email M-I-C-K-L-E-Y-L at norwestcap.org, and I will pass that along to you. So, you know, here again, it's giving people the elements that they need to, to deal with different situations in their life. Very true. And again, uh, these are government uh, sponsored uh, agencies uh, and and government monitored agencies. So, yes, Mm -hmm. again, a lot of people feel that uh, um, those governing us don't care about us and are out to get us and things like that. I I hear that uh, a lot as I talk to people. But by the same token, there are. Um, programs sponsored or run by the government uh, uh, that are very helpful. And uh, we saw that most recently in talking to Christine Ebron, who's the president of the Chamber of Commerce here in Tenafly. And she was talking about how helpful uh, the Department of Transportation was uh, in uh, uh, for the uh, Northern Valley Greenway, which unites a lot of the boroughs and townships here uh, to create a park that spans them all. And that's under development, and the government has been very helpful uh, with that. So uh, I, I believe we need to, uh, to use your wording, uh, restore the balance. <laughs> so, most definitely, most definitely. And, and the last thing I'll bring up, well, I will mention before I finish with this, with the local areas, that um, I'll, I'll reiterate again that Project Self-Sufficiency is running a prom dress donation uh, and that that's going on to like mid April, I'm pretty sure, and that's uh, basically called the Sister to Sister Prom Shop. And I think I basically mentioned last time that they will have a, mo- a mobile uh, service vehicle that will go around to the um, Sussex County high schools, and if the kids can't go to the shop, they will bring it the shop to the children, and. Uh, Deborah Barrington, who is the executive director of Project Self-Sufficiency, said, every young woman deserves a chance to have a beautiful dress for that special one-in-a-lifetime event. And 
I like the way she finished her comment. We are grateful to the community for their yes. continued support of this initiative year after year. And they will accept donations through mid-April, Monday to Thursday, 9 a.m. until 8 p.m., except for Friday, then it's only till 4 p.m. And they're located at 127 Mill Street in Newton. And if you want more information about the Sister to Sister Prom Shop or to find out about any of their other programs, you can contact them at 973-940-3500 or go to their website, which I know you have posted. Now, before we move to plastics... Um, oh, but I, one other thing I have to just say to you, Sussex Community College, I'm so impressed because they had a women, women's retreat this past weekend. It was magnificent, but they do so much. And I, I will go into that in much more detail another time, hopefully next week. Okay. But I'd like to just say that they are going to be hosting a poetry reading and I am so psyched about this because I can remember bringing my child to one of these poetry readings way back when um, with with well-known poets who read from their books. And there is just something so magnificent about having a poet, an author, stand before you and read the words out loud to the very book that he has written, that, that inspired him. You know, that, that fire that's within that person to stand up, have them stand up and read, is amazing. It really is. So they're going to have a few professors that have books published reading. And they also are talking about uh, they're setting up the Poetry Festival. This is the beginning of setting up. And that's going to be on Saturday, June 8th, in their Performing Arts Center from 9 to 4. And that's great because this uh, poetry festival will have an all-day book fair. They will have poets, literary readings, workshops. Sounds great, doesn't it? It sounds fantastic. Yeah, Uh, so that's a great thing. I think that's a a larger-than-regional effort because uh, uh, lately I've had notices about uh, other poetry readings happening uh, here more uh, locally. So it sounds like... uh, uh, I think it's it's Poetry Month as well. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There you go. It just goes from one to the other. And now we can talk about plastics. Okay. You remember growing up? how plastics just made your life so easy. And basically, it was, you know, post-war. Plastics came into place post-war. And Mm -hmm. um, it just made, whereas women were in the workforce more so because of the World War II, and afterwards more women entered the workforce, life became a little harder, and plastics entered to make life easier. What I found really interesting is that plastics, the birth of plastics, was basically done to protect the environment and and not just trees, but elephant tusks. Many things were made from ivory. That just blew me away. You know, combs, uh, different Uh containers were made from ivory. And to save the elephants and then, of course, to save trees, Plastics came into place to make things easier, more affordable, and then hence the word disposable. You know, we became a a disposable country. And uh, I remember a magazine cover, I think it was 1955 from Life, 
that showed an American, typical American family smiling and happy because they were introduced to the to the world of plastics, disposable plastics, and they called it the dawn of throwaway living. Hmm. Which is mind blowing. Um, so you had containers, you had um, straws, but more than that, you had the. Do you remember the melamine dishes? No, no. Oh, they were like these little plastic dishes. You know, plastics just seeped into everyone's life in every single way. And most of it had to do, well, yes, there was a market because women were working and it made life easier, just like Swanson TV dinners. I forgot I remember reading about that that in the 50s, that Swanson sold, I forgot how many millions the first time around. It was in the mid-50s. Uh, and again, they capitalized on the post-war trend. They had aluminum trays, but they were replaced with microwavable trays in 86. But it just was to make life easier so the woman could get out and work. And back then it was might have been part-time jobs. But um, there was no way that dad was going to deal with all this, you know, making the home-cooked meals. <laughs> so all this came into place. But originally it was discovered by a Swede. Plastics was, were discovered by um, a Swede. And it was to... Um, an accident, I guess, and it was about it was started off with cellulose, having cellulose fibers, and then they found a way to seal them, the bottom, and uh-huh. make a bag. So uh, that was interesting. That's how it started out, and then from there, it was revamped in um, in the fifties with different densities of polyethylene, which is that number two grocery store disposable bag. Uh-huh. It was started in Sweden, but uh, good old mobile chemical pursued it aggressively, saw how they could make money because bags, the, the ethylene bags, were a byproduct of gas production. Hmm. So here they are, you know, dealing with their gasoline, and it was a byproduct of natural gas production, ethane. And that's how it all started. And they introduced their own bags in 1977. Wow. Little by little, plastic just took over. And uh, I think there was a statement at the uh, Society of Plastic Engineers in Newark. Uh, they had a conference, and, and this, this is a great line. Uh, plastic bags cost less than paper. You can save money because a thousand plastic bags cost twenty-four dollars versus paper, which costs thirty dollars. And by 1995, plastic bags were up to—they they basically control the market, eighty percent of the market. Do you remember when the paper bag just sort of disappeared from the store? Yes, I do. And then if I you do. asked, I remember saying, "I don't want plastic. I want paper." And they said, well, you don't have a choice because this is cheaper. They basically said that at a particular store. Yes, yes, that, that I can believe. Right, right. And and so, you know, the plastics had their place, and they started out to be a, a protective thing. And then, of course, to, uh, a convenience factor in terms of uh, working families and making life easier and our, fitting into our fast-paced life. And non-breakable because I mean versus the glass bottles uh, you had non-breakable uh, dishware you had non-breakable this that and again the throwaway aspect 
But what we do have to remember is that as things became very convenient, you know, it also became detrimental. And that's where we have to really give thought to how much we use and how we use it. Because you're, you really, now with all the studies, they're saying do not use plastics number three, which is PVC, number six, which is a polystyrene, or number seven, which is a, a polycarbonate. That's the one that has that BPA in it, which, in fact, is a hormone disruptor. Wow. They're, talk, they're talking about the estrogenic activity, that it mimics hormone estrogen. So, And they attribute the uh, early menstruation of girls to this. They attribute different cancers to it. They attribute low uh, sperm count to this. There's so many different issues related to this. Never should uh, the BPA be warmed up because there's always the the um, situation of leaching. The BPA uh, leaching hormones and different byproducts and plastic because they never really know exactly the true all the true elements of it. And therefore, if you're going to have a hot soup, please don't put it in a plastic bowl. Make sure it's ceramic. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're going to have to end uh, part one of the problem with plastics here. Uh, right. The next segment start. But this is uh, fascinating, and I did not know uh, most of the things that you brought up. So I'm very fascinated in learning uh, more. Uh, I will leave you just with this, this one particular website. It is https slash myplasticfreelife.com. It's a continual site. They have so many, of all the different sites I visited, this had the most interesting information. Mind-blowing. Talks about the FDA and what the FDA says is uh, appropriate. Meanwhile, what do you feel is appropriate? The history of plastics. And I will leave you with that, that this is something to contemplate. And where do you want to go with it? Okay. How far do you think you should use it? And what can you do to help rectify the situation? Okay. You will send this to me and I will... I uh, sure will. I will definitely read it and I will uh, share it so that other people feel strongly. Uh, one of our um, hosts, Nick Curdo, uh, started a uh, project called Project Lemonade. Uh, and that comes from if life gives you lemons, you know, turn them to lemonade. That's where you're right. from. Right. I remember, Nick. Yeah. Yes. And Nick wants to gather up the plastics in the water uh, and then, uh, uh, you know, basically use the plantic, uh, plant plastic to uh, uh, make uh, uh, 3D houses, which uh, use plastic to create. I remember. That was very early on in your podcast. I remember yeah. that. Nick is still around and Nick's still plugging away at it. So right. uh, I'm People value this information as well. Right, and they could find so much on that particular site. And Europe, again, way ahead of us, they stopped using the plastic straws. They stopped using plastic bags way before us. And I found an article a year ago about cruise ships, you know, from Europe saying, no, we've got to really cut down with this because it's horrific. You know, there's no reason to use the plastic and uh, when it's doing what it's doing to the ocean. Whether it be the rings, the straws, or the bags. 
So people people are on it, and thank you so very much, Astrid. You're awesome. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you this Saturday uh, when I Most come definitely. that way. And uh, thank you so very much. You're welcome, and ha- enjoy the rest of your evening. You too. Um, we're going to listen to Dave the Bard's The Cauldron Born, and then we'll be back with our third and final segment for the path of public service. Seven, six. 
Searching for patterns and looking for signs Your life a construction one day you will see Welcome back to the Elysium Project. Our final segment for tonight is Eye on Northern New Jersey, hosted by Bill Waitman. And tonight we have a special guest, one who will be familiar to the listeners of our show. And in addition to all the activism that she does, she is the Democratic leader in Morris County, New Jersey. Let's have a large welcome to Julia Gillies. Greetings, Julia, and greetings, Bill. Uh, thank you. Greetings as well. <laughs> I, I'm looking 
forward to listening to your show. I'll be in the background. Bill, uh, the mic is yours. <laughs> okay, Julia, I'm I'm really impressed. I've been looking at the uh, you know the uh, petition submitted in Morris County and by the Morris County Democratic Committee. And you've covered a lot of positions. I mean, you, you, the county has turned around really well. I, I even see somebody running in another town who has a residence in Morris County uh, in Rockaway. Uh, but uh, what, how do you account for that? Was it just the last election, or has this been building through the years? I believe the last election, presidential election, I was thinking about it before the show started, was, uh, you know, I remember President Obama then, you know, giving his farewell speech, and a lot of it centered on really um, people getting involved from the ground up. And after uh, Trump won, I was thinking, I I couldn't, I was at a friend's house. I spent the night at her house that election night, and I couldn't get off the couch. And, you know, I was deeply troubled. I was inspired by the uh, Women's March the day after inauguration. It was wonderful. But I That's didn't right. know, know what I personally could do. And rather than sit home and sulk, I remember, um, you know, a friend of mine brought me into uh, Way Forward, I guess is the group, which led me to... New Jersey 11th for change. Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, watching what they were doing. They were meeting at Starbucks and going over to Freeling Heisen's office. And then finally I said, you know what? I'm getting on that bus and I'm going over there. And it was the best thing Mm -hmm. I did because, you know, I finally walked into the Democratic headquarters in Morristown. And my first, this is interesting, you'll get a kick out of it probably, is, there was a woman sitting in a corner with her own little desk, and it happened to be Rosella Clyde, who was running for freeholder at that time. A freeholder. In Morris County. I, I didn't know what a freeholder was. To be honest with you, I never got involved with uh, local politics at all. And I sat in the chair across from her, and I said, okay, Rosella, tell me what you do. Tell me about you. And um, we developed a very good friendship. I I campaigned very hard for her, um, which leads me into the uh, next thing, you know, Lisa Bamani. um, You know, I campaigned for, she was running for a Senate along with Tom Moran and Richard Corcoran are running for Assemblyman. They all lost, unfortunately. Um, And, of course, I was campaigning for Mikey Sherrill and, well, she wasn't on the ballot yet, but um, Phil Murphy and Sheila Oliver. So there were a lot of people that I got involved with that I canvassed for, you know, made phone calls. You know, I had to do something. And um brings me now to Lisa. I, I was at a, an event a couple of weeks ago. We were, we met Morton and we were out canvassing um, for petitions to get signatures. Mm-hmm. And um, Tom Malinowski came out, the House Representative Tom Malinowski. Wow, that was, a, that was a surprise, <laughs> that one. It was really nice because it was a private home, and it was just, you know, wasn't a lot of people, but it was enough to get us out, you know, in the streets of Wharton and 
getting signatures, and I, I made a new friend, this guy John. Um, and this was really funny. He, I had gone to, you know how much I love music, and the Friday night I went to see Tom Chapin. So oh here we God. are Sunday <laughs> afternoon sitting in a small living room, right? And this guy goes, wasn't I sitting next to you at the Tom Chapin concert? <laughs> and we landed out canvassing, and he, he just was a joy to be with. And, you know, we inspire one another, you know, lift each other up to keep, uh, you know, helping these people who, have, you know, are positive, want to make good changes to our county or to, you know, as Lisa and um, Lisa Bamani and Darcy Drager are both running for Assemblywomen in the New Jersey Legislative District 25. And I will do everything in my power. I'm in the process of, you know, trying to schedule a meeting with their campaign Mm -hmm. manager now. And then there are three new people running for freeholder. I know nothing about them, but one lady got in touch with me. There's Corey Armano. Kara Harmon Gianni or something and Doug um, oh, Trippinaro or something. They all filed for Morris County Freeholder. I guess you can go to their site. I think I copied his name wrong. I think it's Tippinaro. And um, I'll do everything that I can. I know. One more thing I just can't put on my plate is that there are openings for town council in Rockaway Borough, I just can't add it on my plate. And my neighbor is running, and he's he's crazy. <laughs> he's crazy. <laughs> I could tell you a story, but, you know but what? I don't want to take up too much time. It, it, it surprises me because, um, first of all, uh, uh, Morris County uh, in the 21st district, there are actually three candidates running for assembly. Uh, then I... Uh, the 24th district, which covers Morris County, uh, you actually have, uh, I don't understand this one because it's Tina uh, uh, Lincoln's and uh, Dan Solomon Smith. She's a list under the Morris County, uh, but she lives in New- uh, Newton. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I don't know how that happens. Two districts. And then um, I'm looking at the 25th, and you've got, uh, it's, which is Buco territory. You've got, uh, this is your friend, the one you just said, Lisa Banami and Dorothy Drager. Okay, and then it goes down. How big is Morris County? The 26th, you've got Laura Fortang and Christine Clark running against Weber and uh, DeCroce. I actually know DeCroce. And they're going to win, and they are going to win. I'll even help them. That would be a big pickup. I've known Christine Clark for a couple of years now. And I'm sure I've then, uh, um, run into Lisa Fertang. Is it Lisa Fertang yeah. or Laura? I'm yeah, sorry. Lisa, it, but, yeah, they're on I mean, the Republicans have uh, something. There's a conservative Republican running in that district against, uh, I don't know. I don't even understand that district. Uh, Denville is, obviously, Denville, Randolph, where the Republicans come from, Buco is from Booton. Uh, Wainwright. Mendham is Biani, and uh, Darcy is, is uh, from Chester. Now, I know those are Chester, towns, but right. I go further down, and uh, I'm looking at the next, this next district. We, we were just talking about Croce and uh, Weber. 
and they come from Verona. Is Verona part of the Morris County Democratic Committee? I thought Verona is Essex County, isn't it? That's what I thought, too. And Lake, Lake Apacong, I know, because uh, Sussex County has a, a Pacong and Lake Apacong. But there's mistakes on these, <laughs> what came out of Trenton, because you've got Michael Sedan, who I don't know, uh, Maria Martini Cardona from Upper Montclair, and they're listed as uh, Morris County Democratic Committee. That's really explosive. You're organizing everybody. The sheriff, there's... Um, from your town, uh, William Chavella, what's his chances, do you think, in Rockaway to win the sheriff's uh, t- uh, office? For Morris County sheriff? Yes. He's right. It's, I don't know if this ballot is right. This must be the president. There's a guy, James Gannon, I know. He succeeded a Republican. Yeah, I, I know James study. Gannon pretty well. Yeah, the, I actually, you've mentioned him in other on other shows too, uh, over there. Yeah, he's been. I don't he, know. He actually worked. One of the good things that he has done is he got very involved with CARES, the Center for Addiction Recovery Educational Services, which is in Rockaway Borough, and and uh, he and this guy Elton Robinson put together the Hope Mobile which goes uh-huh. from, you know, certain towns and, and re- does a lot of outreach to uh, drug addicts, homeless people, and provides services, hooks them up, hooks them up with services. And um, it, it's been pretty successful. Um, he's been very involved with that. To um, the director of CARES, Barbara Kaufman, told me that um, actually Buco has been very helpful with their work with drug addicts as well, which surprised me because I yeah, wrote his down too. some I, of my reasons why not to vote for Buco. <laughs> and I have a couple of them from his voting <laughs> record. And I'm going to go over them. So the number one reason not to vote for Buco is because he voted against prohibiting, prohibiting firearm magazines with more than 10 rounds. Boo. You know, there's a lot, you know, gun violence is terrible in this country. Number two reason not to vote for him is he voted against raising minimum wage. The third reason, increasing New Jersey (laughs) earned income tax credit. And the fourth, I'll I'll leave it at this because there were many more, is amending clean energy programs. He voted against them. Oh, I don't, I don't see the logic of any of those four I, I you know uh gun violence including suicide has killed more people than all our wars from the you know, american revolution french and indian war you know all the way down world war one world war two uh vietnam and everything now uh, than all those wars combined which is a, it's that's a hard thing to understand the the other factors that you talked about uh clean energy is a necessity uh, drug. I, I'll give them credits on the drug programs because I've worked with them. I was, uh, I was with the. Um, I went to uh, Trenton uh, as a um, to testify before the legislature on drugs for my county, which was weird because I was in Republican County and uh, uh, I was the <laughs> the Democrat doing the testimony. But uh, yeah, those are pretty hard things to get around. Around. 
Tell me a little bit about Weber from the last, what you know of him from the last well, campaign. <laughs> this is kind of crazy. I, I had a couple of interactions with him. Well, one without and one with is um, is woman from Walken who's very involved. She I met her at New Jersey Eleven for Change. Is she is Moms Demand Action, mm-hmm. and my friend Stacy. And every single Friday, Stacy for week. I forget how many. I think we were in 19 or 20 weeks. We got to Weber's office and knock on his door down in Persephone. Well, the first time they went, you know, the guy kind of talked to them, but was, wasn't was very helpful or forthcoming. Pleasant. And then from then on, every time they knocked on the door, even if somebody was in the office, they for well, for three weeks they couldn't find Weber. He had no office. So finally, <laughs> finally, you know, he opened this office, I think, down on Littleton Road. And, and I went a couple of times. And, you know, one of his, I don't know if it was his manager, office manager or whatever, he would run away from us. He he wouldn't <laughs> talk to us. It was crazy. So finally, we just we did a 30-second ad for Mikey. We... uh Stacy banged on the door however many weeks that, you know, they had been going down there. And at the very end, she raised up a sign to vote for Mikey Sherrill. <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> but um, then we uh, tried to find, we were doing a rally. It was a handmaid's tale thing in Summer, Somerville or not Somerville, um, I forget, some town. He was supposed to be doing a campaign fundraiser with Mike Pence, Vice, Vice President Mike Pence. Oh, I remember that. And we that. got Go over ahead. there, and a security guard came over. <laughs> this is funny, actually. But security guard comes over, and he says, oh, they moved the fundraiser somewhere else. The Ballastrol Country Club, I guess it was there. It was supposed to be there. So then, you know, we thought it was down in – you know, Bernardsville at the Trump um, golf course down there. So we traveled all the, from, you know, from wherever we were, we traveled down to uh, Bernardsville. And, you know, there were a couple of us and we all were protesting down there. And then I got a message from somebody who was kind of following our plight. And they said, oh, no. Mike Pence, they said there's a parking lot in Morris Plains that was transporting people somewhere. So Stacy and I drive all the way up to Morris Plains. We find the parking lot. We drive through. And I was like, Stacy, get me out of here. You know, I, I kind of didn't feel very comfortable because <laughs> Stacy, you know, it's like protesting. And we, so we pulled out of the parking lot. And we're going down the street, and she goes, I'm going back. She makes a left turn up the street in Morris Plains. And there, kid you not, there must have been about 20 police cars lined up. Just stay with me. I'm, yeah. Apparently, the fundraiser was up there. And all the police cars, all of a sudden, they left. And Stacy and I got out of the car. I'm carrying a Heather Hire sign. 
and um, we walked down to a police officer who had a dog over there, and um, all of a sudden, the motorcade came down the street. We were within feet, and I held that sign up because I wanted Mike Pence to see that, you know. I'm sure he did, but, you know, he make, he doesn't make himself accessible at all, and that was the problem we faced with Rodney Freelingheisen, you know, during his last few years. You know, he didn't hold, hold Rodney Freelingheisen didn't hold a town meeting since 2013. Wow. So in, you know, I, um, Jer- I debated him years ago. I uh, in, I really? was in the 24th district, yeah, and he had just uh, I, I, he he was went to Vietnam, and we met in a library or something in Morris County. Senator Latell, he actually became a friend of mine. But uh, I had these kooks that, that were against the constitutional amendment, and they weren't kooks in the long run. They were from right wing groups and extreme left wing groups, and, uh, and you know every now and then they try to rewrite the constitution. They got to get 30 something states. So that issue came to me, and I wound up debating. Uh, I did okay in the debates against um, uh, Scott Garrett and uh, a guy named Richard Kamen, who became a friend. He wound up running motor vehicle. But anyway, I, I, I went to some place, and I had a supporter or two with me. And uh, your senator, that uh, a Democratic senator, very rich. He wound up heading an organization, the New Jersey Policy Perspective. He just retired. But he was with me, and we were debating Rodney and Latell and somebody else, <laughs> and uh, uh, some radio station covered it. But I, he was friendly. And I, I saw him after that a couple of times, before, you know, before, like you said, 2013, in a diner in Butler. You know, he worked a diner. But he just started hiding himself in the last couple of years. Was that what you found? When, you know, well, we you, his, when we we went to his office. You know, it was uh, first it was New Jersey 11 for change, and they kind of they moved out of the office in headquarters, and we became a resistance group that continued to meet at Freelinghausen's, and you know, to one of his staff people about mental illness, and I really wanted a response from um, mm-hmm. Rodney Freelinghausen, and I never got one. I mean, I, I guess because I was part of New Jersey 11 for change, it really shouldn't have made a difference, but I never got no, a response. No, it shouldn't. When you, go, when you went in his office, you know, he had many, many photographs up there, and he was a real big advocate for mental illness years ago. Yes, he was. From what I could see. <laughs> but then he um, he changed. He got caught up you in know, the bureaucracy, like these, you know, like these Republicans <laughs> in the national office. I mean, I, God bless you, by the way. He seems to yeah. just shut it away, and then he had a solid candidate with uh, Mike. Uh, and he, it was in his time to run. I guess they finally, it was enough for him. It was it was kind of easy. Uh, he came out like a Vietnam War hero, uh, but he never really, you know, they had everything going. They had the uh, arbor. How do you say that word, uh, Julia? Arbiter, arbitrarium. Arboretum. <laughs> this arboretum. Are you talking? <laughs> Say that three times fast. 
But yeah, Arbor I think Vegas. you guys were very. The one, one in uh, Morristown or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that I had been just. They held they done. held one wonderful um, mental health forum a couple of years ago that I went to. It was held there. It was very nice. You know, we need to hold it, more of them. I went there for a couple. Like your freeholders would hold some kind of organization, and I was on what they call a WIB board, a Workforce Investment Board for Morris, Sussex, and Warren. So I would get to go and I'd see there was a, a short little Republican freeholder woman, very short, I can't remember her name. She's very sweet. And then I'd see all the rest. But it's, it's actually just looking at your ballot, it looks like you might pick up a, a Democrat or so. Uh, that would be That would be excellent. We haven't had one, I think, since the 70s. You, can I tell you a story? And it's, it's gone way off topic. Um, one of the first pres- – well, I mean, I've met presidential candidates like uh, McGovern. I was in uh, McGovern and people after him. But the f- most recent presidential candidate, I don't know, it was the, the mayor of Cleveland who was a congressman. And the Morris County Republican uh, Democratic Party had him, and I can't remember his name. Uh, he was very anti-war, and uh, he was very progressive for the time. That was about 12 years ago. But it was right across the street from Freeling Heisen's office. And my office, I had an office in Morristown, right, actually literally right next door to Mar- uh, Freeling Heisen's office and with Morris County government. Um, uh, that's that story. I, I knew him. I've seen him in diners, like I say, but uh, his time had come. They, I don't know what happened. Your perspective. We we, we pushed him into retirement. We had a retirement party did. in New Jersey 11th for change. We even had cake, but he wasn't invited. <laughs> Were you outside <laughs> with it? Excuse me. <laughs> did you bring Did you bring him a piece? No, no. I, I was, <laughs> they would bring like certain foods to his office, New Jersey 11th for change, but they would never accept it. They would always send us home, you know, send us <laughs> back with it. They didn't. They didn't trust our food. Well, yeah, you know, I. Don't like- you, you mentioned Malinowski, Tom, there, and uh, you had Freeling High. Uh, you've knocked out with uh, with uh, Mikey Cheryl. Um, that's a big feat because I think I think Malinowski's district. Uh, I can't remember the last Democrat. I think it was a. Um, it was a Democratic woman who succeeded her husband, who had been a, a, a out of that area, a congressperson. But that was a that was a big pickup. Those two seats, and uh, Andy Kim down south. Uh, I, I, and I can tell you, I, I worked in his campaign a little bit. I never saw so much racism. I, I mean, I, I the stuff that uh, the Trump pulls off is was really is really bad. But uh, I would even see it on Facebook, and I couldn't understand how Facebook would allow some of those kinds of posts. But they did. He won. The right guy won there, too. So that's three solid seats. Um, We have a congressman in our district. Sussex County has two districts, the 11th and uh, the 5th. We have Gottheimer. But sometimes he votes a little bit too much like the Republicans. And, um, you know, on some issues, that's not good. I mean, I don't. There are issues where Democrats or Republicans should cross over, but uh, I was really excited about him winning and, and then re-winning again. But I saw some of the votes. 
Let me, um, what do you think is going to happen now? What do you see going on in your, do you see picking up uh, assembly seats? Well, Lisa Bamani, I was, you know, I, I've spoken to her. She lost narrowly. I mean, it was uh, Buko 52 and she had 48. So it wasn't that far apart. And I, I just think that, you know, we have to really work hard in educating people, you know, um, getting their information out, canvassing, calling. You know, I, I saved some lists that I had for voters in my town and sent them off, you know, with people on my committee highlighted. Hopefully we can strengthen ourselves a little bit because I have been – lagging in in having meetings uh i have been so inundated with my two children that it's a lot it's a lot of work what i'm doing let me we're running out of time and i I promised that i wanted you to talk a little about your experience on a week on the weekend uh you made uh, met an eminent uh i guess psychologist was that uh, well in, in regards? This is the thing. I went in on. I went in a store. It's called Parsley, and it's on Wall Street in Rockaway Borough. And the reason I went in is I I was kind of upset because I didn't know they had a reception like the previous night. I saw all these people in there, and I love stuff like that. I love learning and you know anything creative. So I went in and I said, you know, can you please let me know when you're going to have another event? And sure enough. She goes, well, the artwork that's over on the wall is called Mirror Art, uh, short for Miracle Art. And um, the owner called out Dr. Don Jorgensen, and um, he is the founder of um, Functional Brain Training. So he came out Mm -hmm. and he talked to me about Richard Van Corn, Brian Van Corn, I'm sorry. He, what happened is he had um, a spinal disease hit him, and within 48 hours, Brian was paralyzed from the waist down. Oh, God. And part of Brian's recovery was doing art. He's a fantastic musician. You know I know a lot of musicians, and a lot of musicians know Brian very well. So Mm -hmm. I met Brian on Saturday, and and Dr. Don was, I'm going to call him Dr. Don. (laughs) He was there, and um, Brian, he got Brian to walk. Wow. What was was his methodology? He worked brain. He worked with, I I don't know enough yet, and he's going to have a couple of seminars at Parsley. And um, he is going to, I guess he takes the weak part of the brain and the, the strong part, and he finds some balance in between. I don't know. I met another woman that had, you know, a lot of hip pain. She was having trouble walking. He helped heal her. I don't, he does it through diet, um, you know, good diet. And uh, I don't know what he does. I am fascinated by this man. I really I would want like to, to learn a whole myself. lot more. Excuse me? Yeah. 
I would like to learn because, uh, as you know, I have a grandson that has autism. And um, he, I've got him back. We've got him back to speak. He lost speech. Be, I, I don't know if he has a hearing problem, too, because he talks so low. Um, but, uh, I, I, I mean, at age seven, I, I, I hired a psychologist to come to my office and look at him and, and spend time with him. And she said he was very high-functioning, uh, like Asperger's. So something like this seem, might be a breakthrough. I think eating is part of it, of all these, you know, kinds of diseases. I was with, um, I was with a woman on, on Sunday, and uh, uh, she has MS, and um, um, she's in radio. She's been in radio for maybe 20 years, and her mother's been in radio for 50, uh, you know, with the old WOR and uh, some of the other stations. But I think there's something to that, 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 that may, that what you eat, how you eat, especially with all the contaminants in our food, uh, it can have a fact. I think it has something to do with, uh, you know, all of these diseases. So it sounds like, well, this he, is, you know, maybe it's something to look at. I believe, you know, when I think of my children, because I, I said to the doctor, I saw Dr. Don the other day, and I said, you know, I believe that there are, are some people with such serious mental illness, you know, and I think of my son, who need the medication. And you know what he said to me? Not always. That's right. He's fascinating, fascinating. I really want to, um, you know, learn What's more from that? him. Excuse What's me? His, uh, credentials? What is Is he a, a PhD or an MD or, or both? <laughs> I believe he is a um, car. Well, he's a doctor, so obviously he has something. He is, I believe, a chiropractic neurologist. And he studied under this guy, Dr. Frederick Carrick. So if you want to look anything up, look up Frederick Carrick. Well, it's called the Ted Carrick Institute. And he works a lot, like, with people who have had concussions and traumatic brain injury. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's the mental health component in, in there, too. So I'm very curious because, as I've spoken about, you know, when patients are put on antipsychotics and you take them off rapidly and, and it causes such severe withdrawal, my I'm looking more at, how the brain is working, you know, it's it's fascinating to me because I think when I'm people sorry, are depressed... I'm going to have to interrupt because uh, okay. they're going to cut us off soon. Uh, but this was a fascinating uh, show and I wanted to continue. Um, and uh, so we will definitely continue this topic. And I will invite the doctor who you sent me information on that I shared well, and cool. other institute, if you give me the... If you give me information on it in a post or in a PM, I will contact them as well. Let's see if we can get them on the phone. Sure, I will. He'll be he'll be happy to. I'm sure. Okay, awesome. Thank you to both of you, Bill. Congratulations on uh, on yes. running for freeholder in Sussex County. Uh, we will definitely cover this. If you want to debate people, if you want to talk to them, we'll we'll gladly create the time for it. No problem. <laughs> Limited funds right now, but uh, I tend to catch up. 
And Julia, uh, what do you call it? I can't wait till you start your show very soon because uh, 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 what you're bringing uh, uh, to the dialogue already is phenomenal. No, oh, thank you. Thank you for supporting me. It well, means a awesome. lot to me, Bill and Hercules. It means the world to me, really. And, and well, Tosca's keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> Thanks to everyone for joining us tonight. Until next time, from all of us, joyous journeys. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember, all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Thank you.